Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Monday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out right here on a Monday edition. Boone, good morning. It's not raining. It's kind of chilly, but I'll take it. Hey, it's dry. I didn't even, you know, last few weeks I've been wondering if the rain was going to like go up the side of my shoe and like soak me out. Didn't have to worry about that this morning, but you got these, these killer boots on this morning. You crack me up. Hey, I'm not worried about the rain. I'm worried about all these temperatures and flowers blooming. And I sound like somebody has some major sinus issues, but I'm fighting it, Wayno. Yeah, Boone's got these boots you can climb up a tree backwards with. I mean, it's he's he's ready to go. He's ready to go. They're keen, aren't they? Yeah, keen they're to really, the eye. They're really sharp. <laughs> but anyway, Boone, we've got a pretty good show today. Uh, as we're going to talk about highs and lows, uh, we're going to talk about the highs that are, uh, you know, the the 40th anniversary of the miracle. We're going to talk a little bit about Tennessee baseball, seven and zero, knocked off the number one team in the country over the weekend. But then we're going to talk a few lows as we talk about maybe the best performance of Tennessee basketball of the season that led to maybe the worst performance. Uh, for Tennessee basketball. Then the Lady Vols get the victory yesterday against Vandy to snap a five-game losing streak. So that's that's a positive. As uh, I said when we went to the weekend, the last three games for the Lady Vols are must-wins. So uh, I think they, they chipped off item number one uh, in that list that I gave them. But, but Boone, you know, this past weekend was a big, big weekend for, for memories, a big weekend for memorials. Uh, as you know, I said, I talked about it a little bit Friday, but wanted to bring it back up today. Uh, 40th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice, uh, the 80 Olympics in Lake Placid where, where the U.S. Olympic team, hockey team, defeated the Soviets with, with basically a bunch of college kids, uh, beat, beat the professional Soviets. And then uh, yesterday, I'm, I'm sitting there scrolling through Twitter, and I, and I follow, like, I feel like um, when you talk about covering the spectrum – when you talk about diverse, like my Twitter following and my Twitter, what I follow is maybe as broad as it goes. I mean, it goes it goes from from Guy Fieri to Gino Oriema. I mean, it's 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 the full gamut. I mean, from cooking to sports to hunting to to car guys to to all kinds of things. But anyway, uh, yesterday and also uh, military uh, sites and things. But yesterday was the seventy fifth anniversary of us raising the flag on Iwo Jima. I think that's a that's pretty big deal. Like you said before we get before we got on the air. 75 is usually one that you forget. Uh you 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 you're good at the 25, you're good at the you know the golden, the 50, but then it's like it sneaks away from you and then the next thing you remember it's been 100 years. That's a very important landmark and one of the chief reasons we thank veterans for our freedom. Very important anniversary there, Wayno. But Boone, Boone, the reason I wanted to bring up the miracle uh, because I was uh, I was yet to be uh, discovered uh, in 1980. I uh, was not a part of of the festivities that were the 1980 Olympics, but I got a feeling you were. 
I got a feeling you knew kind of what was going on and the magnitude that was. And I kind of shared on Friday my father-in-law's story about being – I can't remember – like he kind of talked to me this weekend. It makes me think I was wrong on the location. But he was either in Shelby, North Carolina or Glade Springs, Virginia. Either way, he was he was not in East Tennessee. But he was he was driving down and he was listening to the, the Olympics on the radio because they did that back then. But uh he it's was a thing to do. He was listening and he got so nervous in the final minute that he pulled off to the side and was gonna listen to it on the radio to finish it out. We were up four three, the whole deal. Um well when we win he can't contain it in the car. like So he gets out, and he's like fist pumping the air, and he's like, people are going to think I'm crazy. And then he starts to pan his surroundings, and there's a car doing it, and there's a car doing it, and there's a car doing it. It was, it was a moment because in the, in the heat of the Cold War, uh, it was victory that, that hadn't been seen in a while. Yeah, and they had just invaded – Afghanistan and uh, of course Jimmy Carter was president but it, it, was, it was so amazing we got described as a bunch of peach fuzz college kids well you know they had tuned up on uh, all the pro NHL all-star teams had drilled them and this super unbelievable goalie had not been scored on and it I was reading up a little bit on it to refresh my memory, but it was the comeback of the ages, the comeback of all comebacks. And the amazing thing is I found an account where uh, a newspaper reporter jotted down a few ideas as the clock ticked down, and it, it fits what you said. It was just totally amazing. And I, I had forgotten why no, but we were actually uh, – we went ahead four to three, and there were ten minutes left. And that was the final score. So right. I'm sure it was an eternity. Well, and, and that's what – I watched the movie Miracle over the weekend because if you haven't watched it, my father-in-law says it's a great account, you know, because it, it did. It, it captured the, the young look of the kids. It captured the, the probably had other things on their mind while they were trying to be Olympians. Uh, but, but at the same rate, it had, a, it had a coach that was just unwilling to quit. You know, if the grind took a road trip right now and we went there, we could go in the gift shop next door and they sell T-shirts with bits and pieces of the speech of the Coach Brooks. Really? Do you know, the, the everything's still kind of set the way it was in 80 in, in Lake Placid. They kept, you know, they've got all the slopes. They, the, the ice rink is still there. It's named after Coach Brooks. And then the, the gift shop you're talking about is called Locker Room 5 which was the locker room they had in the Olympics. Oh, cool. The lady still owns it, I was reading, and they interviewed her, and she drives by it every day to get to work, and she said, if I did it 300 times in 300 days, every day there's automatic memories, shivers go up my spine, and I can still hear the exact words everyone said on the inside of the building from the outside. Oh, wow. Is it, is it not like – I guess my question was, is, is your experience of the, of the moment, like, were you engaged in, in, in the Olympics? Did you, did you, was that something that you, you kept up with or, or, or what got you on the track to where you're like, we might need to watch this. This is kind of a big deal. I was into it, really enjoyed it, uh, into the, the track a lot. 
seeing the speed demons, the hurdlers, and that kind of thing more than anything. But it w- it was just the uh, the Russians, the pride they had, kind of snobbish, and we had a, a mole hills chance on a giant mountain of even coming close and just uh like you said the speech uh kurt russell i watched the replay of it and uh he had those guys i think they were just quivering with excitement and we could feel it as the movie did a great job of portraying what we felt is what i'm trying to say but he had them wanting to play and i think it honestly killed them to not be able to rush out there and start playing immediately they were just so on fire and he changed the strategy was the amazing thing. Wayno. he decided we were not that good at uh, speed skating like demons on ice, just flying and taking really risky shots. Uh, the typical American game is like smack it as far away from the goalie as you can, then try to chase it down and kind of kill the clock. But he changed it and put everything on the line to where they were just flying like roadrunners on the ice. That, that was really amazing to me also. You know, I saw I saw a lot of things. It was an interesting coaching strategy. Let's just put it that way. And, and watching the movie over the weekend, I sat there and told Laura, and maybe it's made for TV drama, but you know, he they got they got smoked uh, against. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it's like the Netherlands or something uh, in the movie. And, uh, and now it, they had a scrimmage against them, and they lost ten to three to the Russians thirteen days before. Right, but this was this was before the, another team. This okay. was before then. They still lost to the the Russians, but what had happened was is is they were still playing for self. They were still individuals. They hadn't hadn't morphed into a team yet. And so after it, he said, "If you're not willing to work during the game, you'll work now." And he puts them on the line, blow the whistle, and they run and do the little suicide drills. And then he gets back and do it again, and do it again. And do it again. And and so much and, and this is where the drama probably came in. They turned the lights off and uh and the guy's like, Leave the keys, I'll put them up. And then his assistant coaches are like hesitant to blow the whistle because I I think we're about to kill them. <laughs> you know, it's one of those like they're they're about to throw up. A like bear bryant moment. They're so torn up that they're 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 about to yak and, and intermittently through the, the thing he stops and he goes, What's your name? Who do you play for? And they're they're like blah blah Schneider, you know University of Minnesota. Do it again, and they just keep going and going and going and going. And like I said, a crazed moment is what everybody's looking at him like. Like this kid's gonna kill. This guy's gonna kill us. And uh, all of a sudden, Aruzioni, who ended up being like the guy, you know, he ended up making the moment. He said his name, and he said, I play for the United States of America, and I ain't going to lie to you, Boone, Saturday, I got tore up 40 years later because that's the moment. Magic words. Well, it's just it's a moment when you, you feel like you're, you know, you're, you're, not the, you're not the big deal. It's not about you. And from that point on, that team played something crazy and just continued to win and win and come from behind fashion as they always were because, let's just face it, they were less talented. You know, I thought it was great. Kurt Russell in the movie, uh, they they he pitched the idea of having college all stars. You know, to have have his own team, be able to pick. And one of the guys from the Olympic committee said, "said I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't want to go out there and get embarrassed." 
And then only the way seems like Herb Brooks could say it, he said, well, you guys finished sixth in pool play. I don't know that you can get much more embarrassed. Ooh. He was like, you know, last time you got smoke doing it your way. How about you let us do it our way? And so, anyway, he kind of knew his team before he ever he ever did the tryout, but he kind of went with it and, and kind of picked and then and then kind of started with 26 and then moved it on down to 20 players. But, but Boone, what – could a coach coach like that nowadays? Bear Bryant did. Pat Summit was of, yeah. was was not a fool. She came in. I heard this from a really good source. The girls had been out, shall we say, partaking and partying. She sensed it was going to interrupt her entire practice, and Is she that, just ran and got five what giant trash cans. Is that gallivanting? Would you call that gallivanting? Yeah, yeah gallivanting around town. And she just had them. She said, you're going to need these when you start throwing up. <laughs> and Bear Bryant, when he lost, he would come back and not even let them get out of their uniform. Of course, this is illegal, but they would start running and uh, have a two-hour practice right after the game. Definitely old school, Wayno. And uh, we're, uh, the goal of the coaches at that time was to eradicate, and here's the word coaching, likes like me hate a soft team yeah that that sense of self that uh i got you know i can't i've got to preserve this for that you know like i'm I, i've got to wait and do thing great things later i think herb brooks understood one you know he he had had a story you, you know he had been part of an olympic team and didn't get to to be there uh in, in part of his his time so he knew that this was an opportunity uh, to get this back. And again, if you haven't seen the movie Miracle with Kurt Russell, if I'm ever going to plug a movie, it's probably this one. Uh, because you need to see it. Because it's the dynamic of doing great things isn't easy. You know, being great. I said it in the in the before, and I'm like, I'm probably going to say that again. Success doesn't always come on a clean surface. Sometimes the gravel road, you got to go on the gravel road uh, to get to greatness. And I, and I think that's what it showed. Is there was moments when his his wife was sitting there and going, "You're crazy. You're not. You're not being. You're not being a husband. You're not being a father." But he was so consumed with what he was doing uh, on on the ice, and then and then at the same rate, it showed the what what outpour you know outpoured after the victory uh, of that side of 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 her Brooks, but and then at the same rate. I'm pretty sure they would have loved for the, for the movie to be more of one of this, well, we had a system and, and we worked our system and then, you know, we, we gave them this, this handbook and they did these things and that's what made us great. No, it took some ugly practices. It took some near crazed moments and it took some kids being willing to deny self uh, to be great. And, and, and I think a dose of that would, would change, change sports today in a big way. He got them to buy in. Uh, of course, the opening speech is so, so famous and informative and sets the mood. But he said, you were born to be a hockey player. And then he paused and they're processing that. And he said, you were born to be here today and play in the Olympics. And then he got really honest with them. He said, listen, if we play them 10 times, They'll beat us nine. They'll beat you nine of the ten. But tonight is the one time they won't beat you. Well, you know, the, the really uh, thing that just sent chills down my back was when uh, 
they started to they got ahead four to three. And he's very schooled at seeing things happen. It's like you and I watching our favorite football team and they go into a prevent defense. What the coach is observing is they're not playing. They're hoping they can win without playing. And he kept shouting out these key phrases to him. Uh, keep playing your game. Keep playing the game. And they got these wild look in their eyes. And you could see the clocks turning as they read what was inside their hearts. And they thought, oh, my God, we're ahead of the Russians. But they weren't even playing. And uh, he kept saying, I want them to relax. They have to relax. And uh, what was his name? Rosioni? Rosioni. Rosioni said, if we had all the volume in the world, (laughs) we would not have relaxed. But he, he wasn't making fun of drugs. He was just saying how impossible and keyed up it was. But... Well, you know, when they started chanting USA and then they sang uh, God Bless America in the locker room, one guy came as Uncle Sam, one guy came as the United States flag. It was patriotism at its best. It, it wasn't uh, bad sportsmanship. But uh, when, they, when they went ahead, uh, I found this one account of this uh, newspaper uh, reporter. He said uh, 350 to go. Why are there so many of them and only so few of us? And then at 231, which I thought was really premature, they started chanting the USA, USA. And and then he wrote down, is this really happening? And 129, he had this thought, and, and this cracked me up. He said, USA, USA, minute 29 to go. This is like a college all-star football team beating a team from Mars in football who just beat the Steelers 40 to nothing. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny because the the Soviets never pulled their goalie to be their 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 extra attacker. I think they fully believed, like, we're just going to figure it out. We'll, we'll win. And you saw the coach kind of buckle and, and really ch- try to change things. He didn't know how to coach in that moment because they'd been blowing people out for a few years. I mean, it had been that, that level of play. But I thought it was funny. And I can't remember the player that got hurt. He got hurt in a in a lesser round, and he was going to miss. It was in pool play, and they said he wouldn't be able to play till the 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 till the medal rounds. And uh, he looks at the doctor, and he says, "Can he hurt it anymore?" And oh he, my And he God. looks at him, and he goes, "Well, well no." <laughs> you know, he's like, well, "What are you going at?" And he goes, "Okay." And he goes in there and he's talking about because they're down at the moment or, or whatever they're playing playing soft, and he uh, and he says, blah blah blah. I don't know why you guys need like water because you ain't playing yet. Blah blah blah, and keeps on like giving them down the road, and then looks at him and he's all iced up on that on that hip, and he goes, and you, he said, get your pads on. You're not done playing. He said, coach said I'm hurt. He goes, oh yeah, that's right, you're hurt. He said you wouldn't playing. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> And pretty much like tunes him up and like makes him like freak out. His coaching style was they'll hate me, but they'll love each other. And then he walks out of the 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 room and he's like hot with them. And he literally walks out past his assistant and he said, "That'll fire him up." Oh my god! And I was like, that that's so awesome because you can't do that now. No, why no? The the best coaches have a vision. That they have imagination. What I mean by that is they can see in their mind the game appear before it happens. And uh, the coach told him in the pregame speech, before this game's over, we're going to have to keep our pucks at the end of our sticks. 
what he meant by that is keep possession of it. And they were able to do that for the longest time. And this this Jim Craig was the goalie. He was the last guy to come off the ice. And here's a saying every coach in the world needs to memorize. And he said when it meant the most, Craig was at his best. And we followed Craig's example. We were all at our best. But Craig turned away 36 Soviet shots. And that goalie that the coach, in the end, the coach didn't know how to respond, so he just blamed the goalie. He said, uh, you looked like you were too nervous to play. The Russian goalie only turned away 12 shots, and uh, Jim Craig tripled it. But the the place just went wild. It's it's ballistic, and it's um, – it's just the purest form of sports you'll ever see, and uh, you throw in the, the politics and the passion. People have the love for their country, and it, it's the biggest comeback in the history of the world for us. So, you know, and I, I get it. You know, I'm not a hockey guy, so I, I'm just I'm sitting here trying to be like, how do you bring it local? Like, what would you – like, if you were to compare it to a great moment in, in either – in either Tennessee or, or whatever, what what moment would you put that on? Uh, like like great moments. Like what what pedestal do you put that on if you compare it to to Tennessee? Well, there's no chance in the world you're going to win uh, unless you just put yourself totally on a different cloud. We were totally beat the Vols by Arkansas. There's no way in the world we're going to win it. Oh, 98? And the defensive players had the vision. And one of them, uh, one of them even said, I'm, I'm going to knock this ball loose. And that's when Clint Sterner came out there and got st- stepped on on the foot. How many times is that ever going to happen? Your own lineman step on your foot and you can't even take the snap. But I, I was just so heartbroken. I thought, there goes our national championship bid. Just so unlikely. That's one I can think of. I, you know, I likened it to the Sugar Balls, just because I remember. Oh, remember, Miami! I remember that time when you you look at it and it's and then Jason Ward chimes in, uh, miracle at South Bend or Natty versus Florida State. I thought the peerless moment always sticks into my mind that where he does the chop and then does the next slash, which again wouldn't be available this, at this time. But but again, Jason, call in, give us some give us some feedback there. Those are two really good but ones, but the. The Sugar Vols, the reason I put it there is because I've got the I've got the Sugar Vols VHS. I've got it all. Uh and, and it's funny, you watch that and it says when Miami beats Tennessee, they'll share a portion of the national championship. When the, you know, Testaverde led, Heisman Trophy led, all star stalwarts that were the Miami Hurricanes, when they beat Tennessee. It's a done deal. It's, it's just all we owe it is the formality of the first quarter turned into yeah, the fourth. Got to get it. Got to get it to the finish line, and Miami gets a national championship. And I just thought, you know, a bunch of scrappy kids from from East Tennessee. I mean, you, you talk about guys that were on that team. You know, Dale Jones. You talk about the 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 fighters that were on that team. Dale Jones wasn't going to play for Miami. Dale Jones wouldn't. He he would. He'd have carried bags in for Miami. Just be honest with you, and and you couldn't you couldn't put the heart in a tour bus because Dale Jones worked hard and put Testaverde on his hind end. Well, he and that defense six times that afternoon. And what's amazing, Wayno, is some of these examples our our listeners are coming up with. 
the the spark in a couple of them came from actual players with the maturity and the vision to say things equivalent to what this hockey coach said. Al Wilson, Peyton Manning in the type, uh, j- just saying speeches that just ran chills up and down the back of your neck. But Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's just it's a moment when you refuse to lose. And I think, I think you know, 40 years ago, Saturday, uh, the U.S. went to Lake Placid, said, you're coming to our place, and we're going to make sure you leave uh, with one of those things you don't get a lot, a loss. And that's what they did. They sent the Soviets back home. And you know what? what's interesting? A format that worked, that was the last time that the, the U.S. national hockey team was a bunch of uh, college kids. Now it's a bunch of professionals. Uh, they use the, the basically an all-star team, kind of like a dream team. And it said, it said in the movie that they thought that was funny, that they, uh, they call it a dream team because they felt like that team was a dream team. One thing I uh, checked my memory on and I had forgotten, a lot, of, a lot of people think we won the gold with the actual game against Russia, but four was a really good uh, number for us that year, and, and two, two was a good number. Four to two, we beat Finland actually for the Olympic gold. But um, hey, Boone, we just we just lit up the phone line and then it went off. So if you were trying to call in, give us a call back again eight six five nine eight three four three one zero. Go ahead, Boone. But um, lost my train of thought. Talking about Finland. Yeah the uh, the effort we had to put against them. A lot of people because of the movie and the avenues that it went down, uh, held on to the belief that we were a bunch of ragtags. But if you look at these guys, Wayno, they, a bunch of them went to the NHL and were on championship caliber teams. They were all very, very good guys. And like the coach hit the nail on the head there, they were born to play that game. And uh, I just don't want people to think that after this uh, major game, we never made it in the NHL but there was a quality bunch of kids and it was a lot more than just uh, college all-stars absolutely but but you know what knocked down the giant it was us versus them David versus Goliath and David prevailed so it was it was cool to talk about and awesome to to kind of dig in there but uh, we're going to take a break as we're nearly halfway through this show listen to these great sponsors but when we come back we're going to talk Tennessee Vols basketball now hold on we're going to jump to the phone line let's jump It's just flickering and coming off. But let's take a break. Listen to these fine sponsors. We'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to the Monday edition of The Grind. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. 
El Himidor Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Himidor offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Himidor Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Himidor Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Did you know most employers consider soft skills as important as the skills it takes to do a job? Soft skills include things like attitude, communication, teamwork, motivation, and time management. You can take your career to the next level by taking free soft skill classes at the Blunt County Public Library. Find complete class schedule and registration information at www.bluntchamber.com. Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T, shiftprinting at gmail.com. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't want to miss it. It's well worth it. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Monday edition of The Grind Boone. Let's jump a little bit to basketball, but first, let's say a little congratulations to Tennessee baseball as Tony Vitello and the Tennessee baseballs, the va- baseballs, how about that, the diamond balls, either way you want to say it, are 7-0, and 4-0 at home, 3-0 and on a neutral site, and just won the, I think it was uh, Bold Rock or Big Rock or something classic down there in Texas, and really upset the apple cart. Had Texas Tech and Houston right there in, in their home state, probably looking to beat up on a few teams. Stanford, Tennessee to be the be those that, that they mentioned. And Tennessee came in there Friday night, knocked off number one in some rankings, number seven in other rankings, Texas Tech. Saturday knocked off number unranked Houston, but but a nice team in that that tournament. And then yesterday, uh, seven to two, I think victory over Stanford, a sweep of the weekend. And and honestly, uh, I think they they reach up and and kind of grab somebody's collar 
uh, in the baseball world and said, listen, you need to look down here in Knoxville. Are you saying he's a resume builder already? Something that uh... – I think he's a team builder. I, I think he cares about the resume very little. I, I think he's just interested in getting these kids better. What we were looking at at the break, Boone, this team's great because it's a lot of young players. There's only three seniors on a, on looks like to be a, a 30-something man roster. So – Loving what he's doing. Uh, we got a lot of pitching, which is college baseball's lifeblood. Uh, got a lot of good hitting. And then, honestly, just uh, just a team that likes to play baseball. You watch it, and they're just excited to do things. They hit when they need to hit. They're strong in the pitching category when they need that. And and it's, it's an evolution. He's been there, I think this is year three, maybe. And uh, year one was tough. I mean, again, you're, you're inheriting. Like the only time that's ever going to be a smooth transition is when either you had a great recruiter and a poor coach, which we've had that in other sports, but or you have a guy retire, and basically he's you know the the system's there. You just kind of got to tweak. But more times than not, when you take over after a fired coach, they're either untaught or there's just not a lot of talent there to begin with. And I you know no nothing against the kids, but I think he had a little bit of both when he took over three years ago, or two and a half years ago, I guess now. And he is he has since clawed his way into some opportunities, last year being a team that was very good, but just didn't have the pitching depth to get it done. This year looks to be, from a recruiting standpoint and a building standpoint, a lot of pitching in the stable and then a lot of good hitting. You know, and, and he's went local. There's a lot of Farragut kids. There's there's an Alcoa boy on the team in, in Redmond Walsh. Pitcher. And uh and, and and a lot of good local Will Heflin, he's from Morristown West. Um keeping that local interest. A lot of local people on this team and, and man, it's it's a great environment. If you haven't been to Lindsey Nelson, check it out because Sundays are kids' day, twelve and under are free, and it's a great Tennessee baseball team to watch. Wayne O. I should have kept talking there. I think I misled you a little bit, but he was building the resume to get an early invite to the NCAA. <laughs> They'll look back on, you know, how, how much yeah, absolutely. success you had against powerhouse teams. Wayne, here's the thing I love about Vitello. All the little things it takes to win, he turns it into a contest. This team over here is going to win it or we're going to win it. It might be a simple thing like, uh, the one guy on this team today that steals the most bases, the one guy that keeps focus, he he sells them into making them feel responsible that if they do not do this one of little a checklist of like 150 different things, they buy it hook, line, and sinker. If I don't do this, I'm going to let coach down and we're going to lose. Well, and what I like is is he doesn't he doesn't split hairs a whole lot. You know, he's a guy that's that's kind of can come off direct or come off a little blunt in the fact that he just says we didn't hit enough. You know, we let them hit too much. We didn't we didn't make the the place when we needed to. He's not a he's not a used car salesman. He might look like it when he cleans that beard up, but he's a he's a he's not. And, and you know, I love I love what he's done because he he's got the kids playing for each other. It's it's another one of those what we talked about just on the uh, in the first topic about miracle. It's a matter of, you know, do do we have the top to bottom, the, the next great MLB roster? Probably not. But do we have a roster that can win baseball games that plays, you know, position by position as good as it can be played? I think we do. And I think we've got a lot of nice pieces assistant coach-wise 
uh, to get us there. And I, I think it's been great that Vitello stuck around last year, had some opportunities uh, to possibly go elsewhere, got an extension, got a raise, got facility upgrades, and I think uh, Coach Fulmer's happy with what he's done uh, with Tennessee baseball. And you know you're fired up about baseball if it's the middle of February and you're already talking about it because we don't live in Florida. We're going to have to get Freddie baseball in oh, here talking we will. baseball. You heard it here, for Freddie. You're, you're on the clock. We got to get you on here, but but no, excited about Tennessee baseball again. You know Tennessee baseball. You need to check it out if you haven't. Uh, you should. You'll be glad you did. They've got some games coming up here in Knoxville. Uh, actually, Tuesday tomorrow they play Northern Kentucky in Knoxville. Then they play UNC Asheville on Wednesday, and then Friday they play a series with George Washington in Knoxville. So check them out. Sunday again, March first will be Kids Day. So check them out. Looks like they're in a homestand that they'll be in Knoxville every game until March the 10th, until they start SEC play. So get out, check out the Diamond Vols, the Base Vols, and uh, check out Tony Vitello and the group as they they battle to hopefully have a great non-conference slate that leads to a strong uh, SEC slate. As they'll open with South Carolina, a former national champion, you'll, you'll then the, the second series is with Vandy the reigning World Series champion. So uh, I think uh, they'll have a slate that's full when it comes to conference play, but we wish them the best uh, right here. But, but Boone, let's talk about those Vols, those basket Vols. The 2019-2020 has been a season of rebuilding. It's been a season of questions. And Saturday, it answered a couple, and it wrote a whole lot more. We had maybe the best performance that we've had all season and the worst all in, in, in about maybe 17 minutes. A lot of irony in the game. Jordan Bowden, you're my man. I was hard on you a little bit on here. You talking about stepping it up. Uh, well, you know, he, he was the biggest man on the floor in the biggest game we've had so far. When I say the biggest game, I mean scoring that many points first half and – bringing it all the way down to the wire. you talking about finding your stroke and being dialed in. Son, Jordan, you got it. Mega kudos to you. Congrats. Uh, I've been waiting for that effort. There was very little that he did wrong, whether it be uh, threes, hitting the shorter shots, the, the foul shots. Uh, I was just so excited about him. I was very uh, saddened and unfortunate by the, the uh, Fulke – Man, there were some times he had the shot, and it was just like six inches short, three trips down the court. Bruce Pearl, Wayno, I swear, you know what I think he does? I think he actually gets in practice. Sweats a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he does that. I think he says, guys, we have to have a 12-0, a 15-0, or an 18-0 runner. We're not going to run. We're not going to win. We've got to get the rebound by the guards and fly down the court. And I think – I think he does so much coaching. He runs on the sidelines, screaming their every move. They're very good listeners. And he he just shouts out what he wants them to do every two or three seconds. And they've just got our number lately, Wayno. They're 4-0 against us. And how do they keep hitting that long three with all these different players? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that rim's bigger. I really think they need to measure that thing. Down. I do too. But, but I will say, if you'd have told me – Jordan Bowden had 28 points. I'd have put the house on it. I'd have said, we're going to win because Folky's going to have double figures. 
Vescovi's going to have double figures. Everybody's going to be great. Eve's Ponds was vicious. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a monster. He has learned. Oh, he was killing those guys. You know, I was watching you know, him with only, a good friend of mine, and we we just admired his rebounding. And You oh. know he's only seven blocks away from the single-season record at Tennessee for blocks. He's got 27 consecutive games with blocks, and he has 67 blocks on the year. What's exciting is when he jumps from the foul line is still in midair and smacks the crap out of one and it bounces off the backboard and goes halfway back to the – I just love that look he gives the player like, are you really – really? Like what are, that's what you're going to do? What are you doing? Like you think that's going to work here? No. <laughs> but uh, I no, I thought uh, – you, you know, you look at the box score and I'm like, oh, man, Jordan Bowden's got 28. And then I look and the next closest person – is Santiago Vescovi with 10. And then everybody else, 7, 6, 4, 7, 4, and that's it. That's all you're scoring. I just think I, I thought defensively Auburn banged around in there and kept, you know, Folky had to sit down for a lot of the first half with foul trouble, uh, which really kind of, I think, pushed Jordan Bowden to have to score. And then Santiago Vescovi, for whatever reason, uh, was not on his game. Uh, again, I know the, the the big report is is the the player that, that kind of gave him the, the – I don't know what what you call it, the slur, you know, that basically told him to get back to Uruguay. Uh, and then he was ejected from Auburn's arena. And actually, they said was ejected for the rest of the season. I missed out on all that. So, I, I don't know how much that bothered him. You know, he seems like a pretty tough-skinned kid. Uh, but we'll see uh, what what comes of that. But I just think Tennessee, uh, and, and it's what happens with young teams in, in any sport. When you get a lead, what happens, Boone? Kick it in neutral. We need to just ride this bad boy out. You've worked so hard, your your body's stressing in a million different directions. You lie to yourself and you say, I'm only going to rest for one or two seconds to catch my breath. You look up. Yeah, and, and seven minutes has gone by. We went six and a half, I think, minutes without scoring there in the second half. A 17-point lead dwindled. Before we scored, I think they went on an 18-0 run, 24-2 run or Wait, something no, why like did, that. Why did Coach Barnes not call a timeout? The question's there. <laughs> I'll give you that. The question's there. I think he understands what he's doing. I think he understands that they've got to learn and they've got to think and they've got to at least try to adjust on their own before he just coddles them and takes a timeout and fixes it. So I think that's his his method. Now, I'm, I'm as critical on Barnes as anybody. You know that because you make more money, you need to win more games. But sometimes – you got to pay it forward a little bit. And I think I, I don't think he thought that doing that was going to lose them the game ultimately. I think he knew there was a chance. But I think he, he did that to try to make them think, to try to make them fix it uh, so that he's just not – they don't continue to look to the sideline every time they want to want to fix something. And so I, I think know, that's he's why – He's a smart man, and he was also thinking, I'm going to need that timeout near the very end of the game. It's coming down to the wire. But ultimately, Boone, you know, you, you can say that they had they had Fulkerson on the bench and, and he didn't score a lot of points. You can say Vescovi didn't do a whole lot uh, in that in that regard. You could say uh, that Josiah James only four points on 30 minutes, uh, a tough out right there. But you can look no farther than 24 turnovers to know why we lost this basketball game. 24, Boone. Even the Lady Vols look at that number and go, wow, that's a lot of turnovers. You better shoot 67% if you're going to have 
a ghost of a chance with that many turnovers. Wayne, here's what I think happens. Bruce the Moose Pearl sends his scout up here in Knoxville. They watch us and bring him back in here. Well, what do you think, Mr. Scout? How do we disrupt, dismantle, and destroy Tennessee? And I think the first words out of that scout is probably, well, we got uh, two freshmen as the guards. Let, let's bring some senior and junior experience at them. Let's dismantle their world. And Pearl's over there shouting instructions and uh, trapping. And you, there's just no way around it. When four guys go to the NBA, Wayno, and you bring in a mid-season, a grad transfer and a mid-season addition, there's just no way to escape the growing pains. Two mid-season additions. Yeah. Euros Plovsic is a mid-season addition, too. Here's the deal. They got Auburn got 27 points off of 24 turnovers. Oh, man. That neutralized Jordan Bowden's impact. He had 28 points. So, basically, you took Jordan Bowden off the floor. So, your leading score was 10 points. Santiago Vescovi, you don't win a lot of basketball games when that's your leading score, unless you've got 10 of them. But here's the deal. You know, Tennessee, that's, that's a tough thing to learn. And for whatever reason, Auburn's had our number more times than not. But I think, you, you know, you use that game as fuel. You head to Fayetteville, and you do not let your, let your foot off the gas. You come home to Knoxville, take on the Gators on Saturday, and then let next week happen. Kentucky and Auburn next week, Murderer's Row next week. Uh, but Tennessee's painted themselves into this corner. I think barring winning out, beating all four of these teams and winning two games in the SEC tournament, any, any, I mean any, Boone, hope of, of postseason is going right out the window. And, you know, there's been some really good things happen this season, and I, I hope Tennessee can at least get one and go into the postseason at 500. But um, there's been a lot of good things happen this season. Santiago Vescovi's a good thing. I don't care what anybody says. He turns the basketball over. He gives up a lot on the defensive end. That guy's a winner. He's a guy that, that you're going to want in a year or two on your basketball team when the when the minutes count. Uh, John Fulkerson, talk about coming into his own, being an SEC player. I mean, he's an SEC player. I think Eve Ponds, defensively, what he can do blocking the basketball and then the way he can drive and score – I think it's been a miracle work what what's been done with him physically and what they've they've been able to corral his game in uh, from what he came over as a raw athlete uh, from France. So I don't want to say that this season's lost. I don't want to say that that there's not been any good to come from it. But I think it's a it's a year of what could have been, what should have been, and just what hasn't happened because Jordan Bowden has not uh, lived up. I mean, I think he had a great game against Auburn. But I mean, we're four games till the end of the season. Uh, I think I, I think he's done some things that that he would like to have back. Uh, but at the end of the day, you can't you can't cry over spilt milk. But I think at the same rate, Josiah James is, has not came in and been a stud the way we wanted him to be. I think I think Jalen Johnson as a junior has not been a, a critical impact player the way we wanted him to be. The seven footer getting delayed to get into the game. If he would have started back in October November he may be a lot bigger piece of the puzzle right now. I just don't think we can work on it enough through the week to get him get him ready to go on the weekend. So I think he's a wash uh, here in this year one. But I like this Tennessee team. I don't want to take anything away. We just – we just it, it, it's one of those deals where, you know, it's like Frogger. You ever played that game? Mm-hmm. There's a path to get to the other side of the road. You just got to make the, the right adjustments. And for whatever reason, youth, uh, you, you know, inexperience – 
other people being bigger, faster, stronger than we are, we just haven't made those leaps. So I, I think Tennessee's got to got to look to next year and be happy about what's going to look like next year, but not throw away these last four games. Tennessee needs to play good basketball. What breaks your heart is bad passes, stupid fouls, running into each other, Wayne, while we're trying to bring the ball up the court. Yeah, I was going to leave that out. But Coach Pearl's coach uh, Pearl's going to be a challenge. Coach Barn comes in, here's what he does. He says, guys, when, when you beat those Arkansas piglets, we, we've we got to go three and two in these last games, and then we have to – I'm going to go ahead and mention this, get out of the way, guys. We have to win the first two games of the SEC tournament. And if you can do that, when people say, where are you from, you can say, I'm, <laughs> I'm from the bubble, meaning – you reside, you live on the bubble. Right now, we do not have the privilege to say we're on the bubble. Um, we got to get there. We're so close to putting it together, and we still yet have not played our best game. We played within a few minutes of our best game, but here's uh, the thing, Boone you, you can't you can't go back and fix you can't go back and fix. You know, Auburn, you can't go back and, and, and fix, you know, the LSU games. You can't go back and, and battle Kansas any tighter. But what you can do is you got four games left. You can put a nice display out there to say, why not us? Go to the SEC tournament, say, why not us? And maybe you back yourself into a corner and the only way to go is out. And, and, and we play some really good basketball here down the stretch. But I think at, we have seen every facet that you want to see out of a basketball team in this season. We just haven't been able to put it together on one court. But, Boone, let's take our last break of the day right here at the tail end. Listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk about the Lady Vols snapping the five-game losing streak and what they've got left on the regular season before they head to the SEC tournament. We'll talk it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind. We'll be right back. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Rule King is proud to offer firearms and ammunition at the lowest prices every day in our stores and online at RKGuns.com. And if you're at the practice range looking for consistent performance from a 9mm round, look no further than ArmScore. A box of 50 115 grain full metal jacket 9mm rounds from ArmScore is just $8.99. Check out RKGuns.com for an amazing selection because firearms and ammunition will continue to be a part of an important American American tradition at Rule King, America's farm and home store. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, 
thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and, of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Don't miss Pizza Hut Spirit Day. Help raise funds for Maine support. That's M-A-N-E support. The second Monday of every month at Pizza Hut, 804 Foothills Mall Drive, Maryville, 375 Hannam Street, Alcoa, and 2418 Airport Highway in Alcoa. From 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. all day. All you need to do is order a pizza from Pizza Hut on the second Monday of every month, and Maine support receives 20% of all sales. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to the grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Monday edition. Boone, we've talked Tennessee baseball, Tennessee men's basketball, the miracle. <laughs> we've talked uh, all kinds of great things today as a, as a Monday is wide open. And now we finish up with the Lady Vols. Yesterday they defeated Vanderbilt 67-63 to in the Live Pink Bleed Orange game. In Thompson Bowling Arena, a pesky Vandy team uh, pushed the Lady Vols to the finish, but the Lady Vols nonetheless get it done 67-63. to And again, snap a five-game losing streak that included losses to South Carolina, Mississippi State, LSU, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. Kind of a who's who of the top 25, honestly. You know, I think all of those, but maybe, I think maybe all of them, but Arkansas might have been ranked. And, and it's one of those deals where Tennessee's got to play better than that. They're a turnover machine as well. Uh, th- that was where the comment came from. I don't know if you caught it. I said, you know, Tennessee men had 24 turnovers. Even at that, the Lady Vols went, wow, that's a lot of turnovers. Yeah. But I felt like yesterday that they kind of sheared that up. I think they had 14 turnovers, which is still a lot. But, again, it's it's manageable. You know what I'm saying? You can overcome 14 turnovers. It's amazing the difference between 14 and 24. Because, again, we forced yesterday against Auburn, we forced 14 and had 17 points off of it. We just couldn't We just couldn't bridge the gap. But, but anyway, Lady Vols get that victory yesterday, and they've got to finish strong. This week's the final week for the ladies as they have Ole Miss on Thursday night at 7 o'clock, and they have Auburn on Sunday at 3.05 in Auburn. So only one home game left. So if you want to go see the Lady Vols, Thursday's your night. You better check that out. But what do you see from these Lady Vols, Boone, that that makes you feel good about them going into the postseason? Physicality. Length. um, Lou Brown. I love watching her play. She's the girl 
the grad transfer, you say, wait a minute, where is she? Well, she's the one with that big knee brace, surgically <laughs> repaired knee. But this Lady Vol has 11 of our 15 charges taken for the whole season. She's the epitome of toughness. Coach Harper's trying to install new players with a new system, new culture, new environment, and she's doing a super good job. I like how they get after it early, Wayno. Uh, they're trying to improve their uh, standing in the SEC tournament. They're trying to make sure they get a seating in the NCAAs. But uh, Jordan, girls and the guys got a Jordan, don't we? Talking about Horston? Yeah, she started off really hot, 14 points. Uh, the team had nine steals. We forced 20 turnovers, and I think if I'm not wrong, that's the third time this season we've done that. And then getting nine offensive reboards. I read somewhere that we had the first 10 minutes. I just like how they get after it. And uh, it, it's kind of like to me, and I mean, uh, there, there's like a, a equation in these games, Wayne. Oh, young player plus young player is going to equal peaks and valleys and runs. And as a coach, you and your assistants just have to prepare. And you, you have to have a plan. How are we going to stop these runs that this other team gets on us? Uh, because a lot of times the teams we're playing is another mathematical equation. Experienced player plus experienced player plus zero young players equals put the hammer down. Yeah, and I think I think Lady Vols just got to – they got to do – they've done a lot of good things. You know what I'm saying? With their length, they can block shots. They can get a lot of good rebounds. They've got they've got almost one and a half times the, the, the blocks per game that their opponents have. They have 192 blocks on the season. Their opponents only have 81. They've got 153 steals on the season. They've But here's the thing. They average nearly 71 points a game. In the ladies game, that's a lot. You know what the problem is, Boone? They're giving up 13 points average off turnovers. That brings you right back down into regularity. That puts you down at 57, 58. So what I'm getting at, Boone, you make smart decisions. If you watch a Lady Vols game, you'll see at least four to six just, I don't want this basketball. I'm throwing it. And if somebody's in my way with a different jersey on, I guess they get it before the other person does. If we make smart decisions – if we make smart decisions with the basketball, use our timeouts wisely, and, and then, quite frankly, just go to the shots we know we can knock down, this is a real good basketball team. We're that close, and I think a lot of people will go, well, there's more to it than that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You, you you turn it over 10 less times and score 10 more points, you win a lot of these basketball games. You probably beat UConn. You want to put that out there. You don't do anything with South Carolina. South Carolina, a, they're a machine. They're a truck. And they're hitting a lot of people on their way to a national championship. But you beat the LSUs of the world. You beat the Arkansas of the world. You beat A&M. You beat Mississippi State even. So the thing is, is you, you need cut down, make better decisions, and you win a lot of these basketball games. They've got two games to clean it up, Boone. And uh, I wish the best for the ladies. I love what Kelly Harper's doing. I like the, the trajectory. The problem is I think the speed of recovery is not what it, we want it to be. Yeah, we, well, you know, there's some terrible viruses going around here in Knoxville, and one I've identified is Lusiolidin. <laughs> Lusiolidin. Have you caught that yet? Uh, I've watched it. Yeah, it's it's called Lusiolidin in the fourth quarter, but we got to fight against that, and the girls are young, they're getting better, 
and we, we got to chip away, chip away. When we get these young guys to where they're in their second and third year, people are going to fear us. That's what we're looking for, Boone. Let's hope it's a, a good finish to the regular season and a strong take to the postseason. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and grind on. See you tomorrow, Tuesday edition.